You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And next, I'm talking to Sophie Kaiser. We'll be diving into the topic of finding joy and self amongst our busy lives. Welcome, Sophie. Thank you. It's amazing to be here. It's so good to see you. You and I went for a lovely beach walk with our dogs not so long ago. Yes, that was amazing. What a cool way to start off the day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited to learn more about your journey and how you can empower our wonderful listeners to find joy amongst the busy life amongst their busy lives because life is so busy. For those of you that haven't met or heard of Sophie before, Sophie Kaiser, also known as Sophie K, has always been a joy seeker. She has traveled the world and lived a full life while trying on as many hats through her time, including being a mom of two gorgeous girls and working in the creative industries as a designer and digital producer. As an entrepreneur, a vitality coach, and founder of The Thrive Guide, She has made it her mission to help busy people enjoy life again, smash their goals, and thrive no matter where they are in life right now. Amazing. Sophie, what a journey. Oh, it sure sure has been, and I feel like it's only beginning. (laughs) So before we, we get into the details of finding joy, how did you get to this place of becoming someone that helps people with this Thrive Guide? I love the sound of that, by the way. How did this come to be? Tell us a bit more about your journey and your backstory. So um, I suppose my professional journey as a coach really started in my own journey uh, about a few years, oh, almost five years ago now, far out, it's been such a long time, I I separated from the father of my kids and that was a huge shakeup in my life um, that, you know, meant financially things were changing. Obviously, my relationship um, had, um, you know, hadn't worked out. Um, there was navigating my own feelings around that. There was navigating my kids' feelings. And to be honest, it was a pretty overwhelming time. Um, and it was after that separation and having to go through the process of not just pulling the whole household apart, but also, as I said, navigating um, that with our emotions and our kids, um, that I fell into a pretty dark hole for a probably about three months, um, where I essentially just survived. I just managed to get the kids off to school. I managed to go to work and I managed to just keep life going. Um, and I got to a point where I realized that I can't, I can't keep going like this. I can't just keep surviving. Something's got to, something's got to shift. Something's got to change. So I went into my own journey of self-development. I started doing self-development courses. I started to see different healers and, um, It was through that beginning of my journey that all of a sudden I felt like I was lifted out of the sort of dark space that I'd been in. And I realized, wow, I'm so much happier now, even though the last few months have been really hard. I'm feeling so much happier now. I'm enjoying life. And um, I I shifted my perspective quite a lot. Um, And it was that moment when I actually realized, hey, what what makes me happy? What are the things that I want to do in every life? What uh, everyday life? What what do I want my career to look like? How do I want to do life from here on in? Because I realized actually I have a new lease on life, um, and it was through that journey of self discovery that I realized that I'd been living actually most of my life as an adult 
in survival mode, in stress mode, just going through the motions and living life based on what I thought I should be doing. You know, family, get the house, um, have the job, do all of those things. But realize that just because we have all those things doesn't mean we're actually happy. It doesn't mean that we're fulfilled. It doesn't mean that we're feeling content. And so I went on on a journey inside and outside, which also involved a bit of a career change, um, really looking at, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And um, yeah, fast forward. Now I've been in this business for three and a half years as a coach, um, which I really, really enjoy. But honestly, the biggest journey of that has really been the transformation of me and the person that I've become in the process of that. And also not just as a as an individual, but also the kind of parent that I am now. <laughs> and um, I, I suppose what I realized along the track is that so many of us spend our life just surviving. We go through the motions, we go to work, we bring the money in, we pay our bills, we, you know, we we help our kids, we we go through the motions of that, keeping the family together. But so often we lose ourselves in the process of that. Somewhere along the way, we stop finding enjoyment because we're just so stuck on on getting going through the motions. And I realize that actually that doesn't have to be that way. Through my own journey, I realize it has doesn't have to be that way and that we actually get to have a lot of fun in our life and that we forget to have fun. Like it sounds crazy, but we forget to have fun. So many of us do. And what does it even mean? I mean, what fun means to me probably means something completely different to you, Natalie. But, you know, I've always been someone who who loved adventure, loved going out to nature and who loved going to eating at different places every week and trying different things. And I've always been someone who who really likes to to push their own boundaries. And um, I'd become sort of stuck in my life and, and, and forgot to do those things. Um, and I think so many of us do that. So throughout that own journey and realizing that, I realized how valuable these learnings were. I realized how many of us are stuck in that. And it wasn't just me because often when we're stuck in our rut, we think, oh shit, it's just me. Sorry, which I don't even know I'm allowed to swear. <laughs> Sorry, I might have to cut that one out. But I get so, so stuck in our own life. And we think, we've, we've, yeah, we forget to have fun and um, we we just get stuck in the emotions and we often, in the emotions and the emotions, we often don't realize that there's actually loads more people going through the same thing. Um, and I think that's what I realized throughout my journey. And that's what's really been driving my business is I literally help busy people enjoy their life again. Um and and it's it's magical work. It really, it really really is because not just does it impact them on a personal level, it impacts their families, it impacts their friends, it impacts me, it, it impacts absolutely everyone in this world. And if you thrive, then that's good for me, and vice versa. So that's a little bit about my background, and I suppose what what got me here. Yeah, fun is such a it's such a simple thing, but such a critical element, and it's such a different energy than goals, right? Or obligations. And I think there's never been a better time right now that to kind of revisit what is fun to me. So for those of you listening, let us know, you can send us a message, what maybe, or just do it yourself, write a list of five things that you consider to be fun. And I don't know, as a, maybe as a little um, challenge, aim to do at least three of those things in October. 
Um, right now, you know, as people are listening to this, we're about to find out, you know, tomorrow, depending on when they're listening to the election results. And for a lot of people, it's been a super stressful time, a time of unsurety and unsecurity. And it's like taking back our power by realizing that by having more fun in our life, we can shift the way we show up. So definitely send us a text if you want to share what is fun to you, 2057 on the text or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. Um, I'd love to know what's fun for you other than walking your dog, Sophie. <laughs> what's fun for me is um, going to different places with with my kids. I am definitely the parent who will go to jump or a trampoline park and I'll be on those trampolines with my girls. We'll be jumping and, and, and you know, being silly. Um, yeah, it's, it's those kind of things. I, I love traveling. I love seeing new places. I love meeting new people. That's a lot of fun to me, which makes sense because I'm in the people business. And that's why I love my work so much because I get to meet new people every single day and hear about their stories. Um, I think for me, fun, and I've realized this throughout my journey, is that fun isn't necessarily defined so much by what you're doing, but it's defined by how you're doing it. And the the energy that you're not just bringing, but also the energy that you're generating while you're doing it. I really truly believe that we can do things that aren't fun and we can make them fun and actually find enjoyment in it. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things I do for fun. For me, I'm definitely the mom that if we go to the skate park, meaning not skateboarding, yeah. um, rollerblading, then I definitely am keen to give it, you know, give it a go, rollerblading or skating. But for me, something like skiing is not fun because I just feel like I, I hate the cold. I'm I'd rather just sit in the lodge with the hot chocolate, to be honest. Um, but I I love that I seeing other people have fun doing what they love. But I think you're right about the energy. We can it's the way that we show up as well, not just the doing of the thing. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know about you, but as an adult, I realized, you know, there's a lot of non-fun things we we do as people in our everyday lives. Um, but we get to we get to still do them and we get to switch them and do them in a way that actually still brings us enjoyment and fulfillment in our everyday life. I always say to my girls is, you know, I, I didn't enjoy changing all of your nappies, your five, the estimate, what, 500 nappies per child or something like that before they, um, um, before they are toilet trained. But we made it fun. You know, you get to play with your kids and you bring in the toys and you do raspberries on their tummies and and those kind of things. And now when I think back at it, that's actually, those are such memorable moments for me. And I, I really employ that in my everyday life. And this is something that I teach my clients as well, is how can we bring in enjoyment to the things that we wouldn't necessarily connect to as, as, as fun things? Because, you know, the reality is that we're busy people, we're running businesses, we're, we're um, you know, working full-time jobs, uh, we're carting our children around, we're doing things for the community. And, and some of those things are fun, but some of them aren't necessarily the things we would choose to do for fun right? We can't always be at the trampoline park or at the skate park or um, out in nature at the beach and so on. But what we can do is, is bring a fun and an enjoy, a joyful attitude to what we are doing. And um, what's incredible to see is that the people that I do see implement that, including myself, what happens is that our quality of life 
just goes through the roof. Um, the way we experience life really changes when we bring that attitude. I think that's a great reminder. It's something that we, yeah, sometimes we think so much about all the things on the to-do list, but we can actually make them more enjoyable. I wanted to ask you a little bit about navigating feelings. I think you mentioned it twice when you were telling me about, about your backstory. Um, how can we navigate our feelings? What does that mean, first of all, that phrase? And how can we, I guess, in our daily lives, navigate our feelings in a way that is um, effective or positive? Yeah, I think, you know, um, one good thing that has, I feel, come out of the pandemic and the the sort of the uproar that we've we've experienced over these last few years um, is that talking about emotions has become more acceptable uh, within within workplaces, but also I think as people and as families. Um, so navigating emotions is a the reason I say that because navigating emotions isn't about stopping ourselves from feeling emotions or pushing emotions away or feeling more of certain emotions. Navigating our emotions essentially means becoming aware of what emotions are coming up for us mm. and not making ourselves wrong for how we are feeling. And I see this in my line of work so often where, especially I meet with people who, who you know, especially the clients that I meet that that seem to have everything on paper. They have the career, they have the house, they have the family, they have the friends, they have everything, but they're, they're not feeling fulfilled. They're not feeling happy and they just can't work out why. And a lot of them are so ashamed that they feel that way because they keep telling themselves, I know I should feel happy, but just for some reason I'm not. So I think navigating our feelings, a big part of that is just acknowledging our feelings and allowing them to be, not shaming ourselves or making ourselves wrong for how we were feeling. And a part of navigating feelings is, is really understanding that feelings are like waves. They'll feel really big in the beginning as they're building and coming towards the shore, but the closer the feeling gets to the shore, the, the closer it is to taping out. It is a wave. It won't always last forever. And um, I think when we can can really deeply understand that and know that, um, then we don't become scared of our feelings anymore because we know that this too shall pass and that we're not always going to feel that way. And and what's really important about feeling our feelings is that we're allowing themselves to feel, we're allowing ourselves to feel them. So we're not shoving them away or medicating with with a glass of wine, which uh, honestly I'm pretty sure all of us are guilty of in one way or the other. Um, but learning to sit with our feelings and I always say to my clients that when we are allowing ourselves to to feel all of life so the anger the frustration the sadness the disappointment uh, the jealousy whatever the feeling may be we also give ourselves the ability to feel more of the enjoyment of peace, of satisfaction, of gratification, of gratitude, and all those fuzzy positive feelings that we, you know, most of us love feeling. Um, we we just allow ourselves to feel more of that spectrum of life. And I think this is where vitality really comes in. And also one of the reasons why I call myself a vitality coach, because I really believe that vitality comes from allowing ourselves to experience the full spectrum of life. And that involves letting ourselves feel the full spectrum of our emotions. 
I love the word vitality. I've got it in my tagline as well. I think when we met, I was like, I love that we have that same word. Um, Another one of my previous guests, Carrie Dell, she also uses that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, We do. We want to feel like revitalized and we want to feel, yeah, so we have more energy to do what we're here to do. Do you think that some people, you know, you talked about feeling our feelings. Do you feel like some people throw their emotions at others rather than feeling them themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be honest, you know, I'm guilty of that. Um, I think until I really created awareness around my own feelings, I wasn't aware that I was acting out of my my emotions or throwing my emotions at other people. Um, Because I kind of grew up in an environment where that was pretty, pretty normal. (laughs) And I think a lot of us have. So throwing our emotions at other people is definitely not dealing with them. It's essentially just passing on the energy. But what what dealing with our emotions means is is again allowing ourselves to feel them and allowing them to pass and sitting with them and not trying to put them anywhere in that mm-hmm. sense not trying to put them on someone or shove them down or whatever you're trying to do with them but just allowing them to actually be and sitting with that and i find that is the most challenging thing when it comes to emotions that's one of the things that that most of us um are really challenged with because we do resist, especially those emotions that don't feel good. We don't want to feel them. And it's totally understandable. But we can train ourselves, just like we can go to the gym and we can train our body. We can train our our emotional body and we can train our body to be okay with these emotions and to allow them to flow. And again, it's such an important part of our our life. And it's such an important part when it comes to happiness and and enjoyment in life and and fulfillment. I think it's such a huge part of it. How much does the family culture impact that? You mentioned, you know, throwing your feelings at other people might have gone on in in your household. There'll be people that that are listening thinking, you know, well, we never really talked about emotions in my family. I don't even know how to start doing that. Or some families where like shouting and yelling is just the norm, but they're at least they're expressing their emotions. I don't know if they're exactly navigating them, but how much does the family culture impact how people are showing up today and their ability to, as you say, navigate their feelings? Huge. It's absolutely massive. What we grow up with and what we are being shown as is has a huge impact on how we how we operate because when we're little kids the only measurement to what is in question you know in quotation mark right or wrong are our parents um and and when we see our parents um for example throw their feelings at other people or get aggressive or um shout at shout at each other then it's likely that we will do two things. We will either think that that's normal, and so we we do that thing ourselves when we're older, or we often react to that and do the the total opposite because it doesn't it didn't feel good. Um, so it really depends on each individual person and what our sort of I suppose more natural, more prone response is to to what we're seeing. But the environment that we grow in, grow up in, and that we're exposed to absolutely has a huge impact on our level of happiness and the things that we learn and the things that we learn to be okay. 
So, for example, I think um, I think Tony Robbins said this that uh, he estimates sort of that the five people that you spend your most time with they have the mo- the biggest influence on you on the way you think, the way you feel, and what you think is possible for yourself in in your everyday life. And I think that's when it comes to vitality and happiness, that is also something that we have to consider because you know. We can let go of emotions. We can work through emotions. We can work through habits. We can let go of certain ways of being and thinking. But sometimes, and this is probably one of the harder parts of this kind of work, sometimes that also involves letting go of different relationships that don't serve us anymore. Um, and yeah, that's that's I think one of the hardest parts to to navigate when it comes to that sort of what I like to call the decluttering process mm. in our life. Yeah. And some of that we can control and some of it we can't. I when you were talking about the five people I was thinking in my head, the power of five. And I was going through all the different people I've lived with, you know, meaning grew up in Canada, my family of five, and then university. I had a roommate, like literally just one other person. We got on really well. We had so much fun. So that was fine. Then, you know, moved to a flat, a house and lived with one of my flatmates had a snake. She lived in the basement and she had a snake. Um, she was quite alternative and interesting, but, um, but generally there were five, there were six of us and we had, here's the word, so much fun. We just, we got on super well. We just had so much fun, you know, and then the next year, some of the same people, slightly different, different house, fun. There's a big theme of fun for me going on, but I can see that as one grows up, you know, the people that you're not just living with, but spending your most time with, maybe it's a business partner or a best friend or whatever, massively impacts um, how you show up and what you consider to be like, okay, behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because if, if we see a certain behavior in our environment all the time, we start to become desensitized to it. Mm. We start to see that as our stat or as the standard, as as the norm. And it's only when we start to expose ourselves to different ways of being, to other, you know, other behaviors, um, that we start to be able to see actually there's another way, another way of life. So I think there is also um a positive thing when it comes to exposing ourselves to lots of different ways of life and lots of different types of people with different beliefs, different ways of doing things, different ways of processing their emotions, because we actually get to learn from those different perspectives. And I think that's for me where the power of coaching comes in, because I obviously have my own coaches. Um, and for me, it's, it's and you know, with you as well, Nat, to be able to not just share our um, our different perspectives, but also when we differ on perspectives, that's when it gets to gets really interesting because I, I think when we're exposed to differences, to other ways of doing and being that we don't necessarily agree with, that's such a cool learning space to be in. And I really believe that we have an opportunity now as a society to embrace the variety of, mm. of life and the variety of, of how people want to do do life and, and not make each other wrong for that. Because I think that's what actually creates that fun and that vibrancy and that vitality, not just within ourselves, um, allowing all these things to be present, but also, also in our life. But that goes to say that, you know, if if we don't feel good around specific people um, or in specific environments, it's okay to say no and it's okay to step out of that. And I, I, I like to really remind my clients and like my, my children, myself, I need that reminder too, that we get to choose our environment. We get to choose what we let into our lives 
and what we won't. We are the guardian of that. Um, and I think um, being in the modern world and the intensity of it, I think it's quite an intense world, we can sometimes forget that, um, that we actually do get to decide what we let in and what we don't. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think you're right. It's so good to have that discussion and that dialogue. So many times over the last three years, many people said to me, but can't you just agree to disagree? And I think there is a time and place for agreeing to disagree, but I think sometimes just agreeing to disagree just to keep the harmony can sometimes mean people aren't, they aren't allowed to feel their feelings. They aren't allowed to express their emotions and it's an interesting it's an interesting question. What emotions did you personally navigate or you know over the last 3 years particularly? How was that journey for you and um how did that help you to become a better coach? Mm-hmm. That's an awesome question actually and the one that that comes to mind that is um is rejection. So um my father wasn't very and this actually comes back down to my childhood because my father wasn't very present in in my childhood. Um, and there was quite a few, it would take a really long time if I were to go, go through all these instances, but there was quite a few sort of, uh, very, um, marking moments for me in my life where I felt rejected as a kid, rejected and replaced. And what I didn't realize up until actually the separation from the father of my kids, that I was living in constant fear of this rejection. Now, this this constant fear of rejection wouldn't just play out in my relationship. It played out with my children. It played out in my workplace. It played out with my friends. It played out uh, when I was reading a book, you know, the kind of way, the ways I was processing stories. <laughs> It's actually, it's incredible now when I think back at it, the hold that, that, that fear had, um, had of me and, and my life. And, um, so when I, when we separated, I felt this incredible deep sense of rejection, but it was so painful. And I have to say to you that the, the, the separation was probably one of the most painful things I've experienced physically as well. And it, and it really made me understand that emotion can actually really be painful in our bodies right that we're not they're, they're not separate entities our emotions aren't separate from our body that's interconnected but it became so acute and I think that was one of the reasons why I sort of fell into what I call the the little hole for for about three months um that that I actually couldn't ignore it anymore I had to start dealing with it um because sometimes I think we avoid something. We avoid dealing with something because we don't maybe don't know how or it feels so painful and so difficult. We don't even know how to approach it that we just keep shoving it away and and, and not dealing with it. But it became so present and so obvious in my life um, that I realized, okay, I, I need to start dealing with with this this fear of rejection that I was carrying. And, you know, the way it is with healing journeys is that it's not a one-stop shop. You don't just go to a healer where you do one self-development course and poof, you are, um, you know, miraculously cured. Uh, I personally believe that that's not quite how it works. It's a layered process. Mm. So within those first few months after the separation, I really did some deep healing around that and really understood, okay, cool, this this pattern actually started in my childhood. This pattern is something that started with my dad. So 
I actually started to reconnect with my dad and I had my had conversations with my dad about this. And I, you know, was able to tell him that, hey, look, listen, I, I realized that, you know, when when this happened and you responded this way and you said this to me, this is how it made me feel. And not in a way to blame him, but just to be able to speak and say my piece. I really needed to for him to know and I went in the conversations with absolutely no expectation whatsoever but what I was given in the end was an absolute gift because he he told me exactly what I needed to hear he said look I'm sorry I actually didn't realize that that's how it made you feel I didn't have that awareness then then and it led on to a much deeper conversation around some of the things that he struggled with. And that was an incredibly healing process. So the, the, and that was the huge part, the first sort of, I suppose, you know, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're popping the cork of a wine bottle and it's, it's, it's the big first glass that you have. But I realized that there was more and more layers to it. So as I started my business, um, you know, these, some of these feelings of rejection started to resurface. If there was a client who didn't want to work with me, I would often go into what's wrong with me because you know often we 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 think that if someone doesn't want what we offer that it means something about us as a person that we're not good enough or that we're not doing well enough or that this and that um but it actually has nothing to do with that <laughs> but what it does is that it, it triggers it triggers our our wounds so throughout the last three and a half years in the business journey that sort of sense of rejection resurfaced over and over again and the cool thing is now is that I can speak about it that when it resurfaces it's not a huge ball of emotion that comes mm. up. It's just, ah, oh, okay, cool. I recognize what this is. All right, cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually, I don't want to operate like that anymore because I know that I'm safe and I'm not being rejected and I can really talk myself through it. So, yeah. It's quite amazing when you get to that point. And, you know, I, I make a lot of reels on my Instagram and I was just thinking that song, whoa, there it is. Whoa, there it is. You know, when it comes up again and instead of being going back into that mode of like, oh no, oh my goodness, rejection, you're like, whoa, there it is. Okay. And you can observe and then you can go and do something about it. Um, coming from such an empowered place instead of coming from that place of victim or sadness. Absolutely. And actually, I love that. I'm going to forever be thinking song now every time something pops up. Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, I remember my counselor saying this to me. Um, so even prior to the separation, I thought that's actually when my, my self-development journey really started off when I started to do some counseling around um, sort of, you know, the not feeling good enough. And one of the things she said to me, you know, Sophie, people have this have this perception that when they unlock a feeling, especially an uncomfortable feeling, that it's always going to be with them, that it's always going to be this, this dragon that's going to come and eat you every time it gets triggered. But that's not the reality. And now I think back at what, what, what wisdom she shared with me then. And I'm so grateful that she did that. Shout out to, to Dee Regan. She's amazing. Um, but yeah, she, 
she, uh, that helped me understand that we do become more powerful in how we deal with our emotions. It's like, again, going to the gym, it's like building a muscle. It's like riding a bike. You get better at it each time. And it's not going to feel as devastating as it maybe did in the first time you you felt it. Because let's face it, feeling our emotions isn't an easy task, especially when we are, you know, when we've avoided our emotions for many many years and I was definitely one of those medicating with alcohol um, in particular or food that was a big thing I medicated with for a long time as well and some people do it with work some people do it with exercise some people do it with drugs um, you know some people do it with tv uh, social media whatever whatever the flavor of <laughs> flavor is um, but it will get better and it will get easier and it's worth it's it's really worth the process um can it feel a bit scary sometimes learning how to do that absolutely definitely and let's let's not sugarcoat that let's just be honest about that um but when it feels scary that's when you get to reach out and get some support around that because honestly I really believe in just the power of someone holding my hand when I go through something difficult and still to this day sometimes big stuff resurfaces and I know, okay, cool. I actually need some support around this. And it's not a show of weakness. I believe asking for support and asking for help is actually a sign of courage. I'm writing down a few things for our listeners. It's so good. It's like finding, so if the joy, if the goal or whatever is finding joy, um, how can we do that? Number one, what I'm hearing from you is acknowledging our emotions, you know, navigating the feelings. Number three, just then was, um, Oh, I can't read my own writing. I'm asking for help. <laughs> uh, so, th- and and something else as well. Is there anything else you want to mention before I move on to my final four questions around how our listeners can find more joy and um and self amongst their busy lives? Yeah, I think um, I think it's spaciousness, creating spaciousness in our lives. You know, I think and and understanding that spaciousness needs to be there. I'm going to explain in a minute what that actually means, but spaciousness needs to be there for you to be able to express yourself and for you to be able to receive joy. So on the other side of spaciousness is is contraction and contraction usually happens, especially in our body, when we're feeling something that's really uncomfortable, when we're going through something that has actually activated our nervous system and caused a stress response because difficult emotions they do cause a stress response in our body or, you know, situations that that are tough for us to deal with. And so naturally is what we do is we contract. We contract and we hold and we stop breathing properly. We do the little shallow breathing thing, which most of us um, will probably, um, you know, if we pay attention to it, we'll be able to see. Um, and when we're in that stress response, when we're in that survival response because that's actually what the stress response is it is a form of survival trying to survive whatever is currently happening when we're in that contraction it's really hard to experience joy joy can be present in stressful situations joy can even be present in grief right if you've ever lost a loved one or um you know and you've been to a funeral or you've you've for example gone through a breakup and you had a conversation with your best friend about how how tough it is right now and your best friend says something really funny and you're just bursting out in laughter so joy can be present in those really difficult moments 
But to experience joy on an everyday level is really hard to do when you're constantly stressed, Mm. when you're constantly stressed, when you're constantly contracted. So one of the biggest things we can do for ourselves is lessen the amount of stress we're exposed to and also help ourselves um, deal better with stressful situations because let's face it we can't remove stress from our lives we can't remove the possibility of stressful situations but we can get better at dealing with it um and and when we do that we actually create more space for joy and it's it's a natural progression there is just going to be more joy of it yeah which is pretty feel cool. better to feel better that's right feel it to heal it <laughs> nice all right sophie let us know sophie k what is one thing you've done in the last year where you truly upped your brave yeah this is a re- such a good question that because that's something actually i've been thinking about um this this journey so i, I actually engaged with a parenting coach uh probably about four or five months ago six months ago actually And the reason I engaged with her was because my children obviously go between two households and what I was realizing that sometimes that that was quite difficult for them because our households are quite different. So I really had to up my brave in that sense. Um, And and a big part of that was actually acknowledging that actually I'm, I'm out of my depth here. I don't know. I don't know how to navigate this and being able to, be open and honest to myself about that, but also to be able to own that, not just in front of the coach, but also also my family and 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 my children. And I think um, owning those things that's that's always a game changer for me, um, because when we own them, when we own the things that that we're struggling with or that are not going well for us, um, we can really use those as a springboard to um, grow. And to, I really truly believe to bring more joy into our life ultimately, but yeah, engaging with that parenting coach and really doing that deep work and understanding what I'm as a parent bringing to the situation, realizing that, you know, actually I'm the leader, I'm the leader in this household. And so whatever is happening here is actually my responsibility and, you know, is, is, very much fueled by my energy and what I'm bringing and really having to own that actually I was still getting quite triggered about some of my kids' behaviors and that that was causing some of the situations. So having to deal with that and owning my own triggers, um, yeah, that was that was quite tough, but honestly, worth it. Absolutely worth it because the relationship I have with my kids now, just down the track, it's so much deeper and more connected. It's, yeah, amazing. And, and that just shows us, you know, the value of having a coach for the right thing at the right time, especially when you get the right person for what you need. So good on you for asking for help and bringing that person on board to help you navigate this time, because you're, of course, you're not going to be an expert in this area. You've never done it before. No, that is true. (laughs) What is something on your bucket list? Something you'd love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you with? Yes. Bucket list. Um, I set myself this when I was 19. I set myself this this ludicrous we uh, dream that I thought was ludicrous then. Now I totally feel it's achievable. Um, is that I want to travel every single country in the world. I want to have experienced or at least been in a country for a period in, in, in every country in the world for a period of time. 
But out of that sort of developed the dream of, because I actually spent some time in Mexico studying in, in my early 20s, and I've always felt drawn to South America. So one of my bucket list items is actually going back to South America, traveling South America, um, right from the bottom all the way up to the States and actually doing that together with my girls. So taking maybe six months off or a year off or working on the road, which is, you know, something that we can do as coaches, which is pretty cool. And and experiencing that together with, with my girls because there is a richness in that part of the world that I'm really drawn to. And for me, traveling has always helped me expand myself and expand my mind. And um, I learned so much about myself, <laughs> as well as obviously the countries and the people you meet. And yeah, so that's definitely a bucket list item for me. That sounds amazing. Hey, well, if anyone has any guidance, any advice, uh, travel tips, mm-hmm. if you've been to South America and there's certain places you definitely need to go or other things, let Sophie know. Um, what is coming up for you in the next six months and how can people connect with you online? So um, actually next week, um, I'm running the second round of my 60-day refresh, which is my group coaching program. And I'm really, really excited about that because I'd actually only had the intention to run this once this year and it's been so popular. I've had so much interest that I'm actually running it for the second time. So it's a 60-day program, which essentially helps people who are a little bit further along in their journey to thriving. They know what that feels like. They know what they want in life, but they're needing some support on how to bring more of that into their everyday life. I like to see it as a recalibration. Um, So that's coming up next week. We're kicking off on Friday, which is really, really exciting. Um, But what I am also um, opening up is is a few more spots to my Thrive Guide, which is my one-to-one program. And that's a real deep dive, uh, which helps my clients really, essentially I take them through four steps, but it really helps them go from surviving, from living, so I was spending so much time in stress mode and survival mode and just running from one place to the other um, helps them shift operating out of that and to, to start shifting to work from thrive mode to actually figure out what thriving means to them, what fun means to them, what makes them happy, what doesn't make them happy. And I take them through this 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 four step process, which, on reflection, I realized that that's actually the process that I went through after the separation. Obviously, I didn't know I was going through a process because I was just making it up as I as I went. But the process is is as follows: essentially, step number one is really looking at where you are right now, what's working for you, what isn't working for you, what does fulfillment mean, what does success mean, what's important to you, what are your values, what does values even mean. Which um, you know was something that that I had no no idea about when I when I first went into my self development journey, and then uh, the second step is what I like to call the decluttering phase. I think this is such an important phase where we get to let go, let go of all the things that don't serve us anymore. We get to decide what we want to keep in our lives, and we also get to decide if there are certain things we do want to keep, but that we might want to change. Right. And step number three is what I like to call the joy, the joy yourself stage, where you get to do the fun stuff. This is where you bring all the fun things in. This is where we look at morning routines as well, evening routines. How are we structuring our life? But the key bit to that is structuring it in a way that 
actually works for us because a mum, for example, who has two kids under five, she's not going to have two times, two hours for her morning routine every morning. You know, it's just, it's just not, not realistic at that time of our lives. So what are the things that are realistic? What are the things that we do actually have time for? What feels manageable? Um, so that's really important. And, and stage number four is looking at long-term stuff. What does this mean long-term? What are some of the tools that have been really helpful? What's their backup plan? Who is their support network? Because I really believe we all need a support work network. And when we're clear on who that support network is, life becomes so much easier. So those are the two offerings that I that I have at the moment. So yeah, as I said, the 60-day refresh starts next week and then the one-to-one program. I have a few more spots available. So I'm onboarding um, as I go. Yeah. I love the sound of that. Refresh has such a great name and I love the four steps. So how can they find that? What's your website? Where are you on socials? Uh, I'm on socials under Sophie K Coaching. Um, You can find me on Facebook and you find me on Instagram. um, And you can also find me on LinkedIn under Sophie Kaiser. And I have a website, which is called sophieK.co.nz. Um, so in there it talks a little bit about um about who I am and you know what I kind of stand for and what do I what I help people with. But it also is a really cool way to give you an idea of of how I work. Um I like to think my website is is quite the the bright, the bright explosion. It's a lot of fun to surf. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, you certainly emanate joy. I mean, you and I are on video. I can see you. You're just like smiling 24-7. It's gorgeous. Um, amazing. What Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share with our audience in general or on the topic of finding joy? Yeah, there is something I want to share. And what I want to say is that wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing, whatever is working for you, isn't working for you right now, whether you're feeling happy or not happy, whether um, life feels good or doesn't feel good or anything else in between, it's actually okay where you are right now. And please cut yourself some slack. Because in the end, I really truly believe we're all doing as good as we can with the tools that we have. And, you know, I'd love to to challenge you to just think about what's one thing you can do for yourself every day. So that doesn't mean, you know, doing something for your kids or doing something with your kids, but actually doing something just for yourself, whether it's taking five minutes to drink your coffee without it getting cold, or whether it's, you know, going for a walk after work, even if it's just 10 minutes around the around the block, uh, whether it's it's taking 15 minutes at your lunch break to just sit and breathe, whether it's 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 sitting down in the evening or going straight to bed rather than sitting in front of the in front of the TV for another two hours and falling asleep in front of that. Whatever it is, but just give yourself something that truly is just for you. Because you know what? You deserve it. We all deserve to thrive. And it actually starts with us and us learning to prioritize ourselves. And that prioritizing ourselves is actually an important thing for other people too, because if we're good, then we can show up for other people. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sophie, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you, Natalie. It was such a blessing to be on here. I always enjoy our conversations. So thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening as well. And you can send in your messages to 2057 or inbox at realitycheck.radio. Thanks. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.